Hi there, my name is Wade Murray. Welcome to the Great Green North Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything about lawns with a Canadian twist. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right, so here we go, episode three of the podcast, just flying into it. So, uh, welcome everybody, all to the Great Green North Podcast, episode number three. Uh, it's been a little bit since the second episode, but, uh, when I explain to you what happened in the update segment, I think it will make a lot of sense for you guys. Um, continuing just with a couple updates on what's going on. The upload schedule on this podcast is still supposed to be weekly. Um, hopefully I think the release date will be somewhere near the weekend. I'm just still trying to figure out my schedule and everything and get into a groove of when I record these. But most likely it's looking like Sunday is going to be the best day for record and release and then a release on YouTube. So the episodes will be recorded and released on a Sunday. If you are a subscriber um, on Anchor, you will be able to get the episodes within like like a week early. Um, and then if you guys listen on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, any of those podcasting platforms, you'll be able to listen to the episodes a week after they are initially released for subscribers. So subscribers get to listen to the episodes a week early. And then for those folks on YouTube, you'll be able to listen to the episodes on YouTube uh, the week that they are released on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud and all those. So I do have a video going today. So for the folks on YouTube, you'll be able to see a video component to the podcast which might be nice for some of you who uh, don't want to sit here and just look at a picture the entire time you're listening to it. Sometimes it's nice to get a bit of a video component, see how the show is recorded. So without further ado, feel free to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. My name is Wade Murray. I've worked in the lawn care industry. I have experience that I bring from there as well as my own personal hobbies in the lawn care to this podcast to help help educate homeowners on the best way to get the greenest and best lawn on the block. So we release these episodes weekly and we take your own questions and the question segment. I always give you an update on what's going on my lawn as well as the successes and failures segment where I talk about a success and failure that I've had in similar topics to one of the questions I answered. So if you're new here, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment down below Please like us, rate us five stars, and without further ado, I think it's time to get into the update segment because we got lots to update you guys on. All right, so heading into what happened this week. Now, I kind of put my foot in my mouth last week when I said that we had no snow because, man, did we get hit by snow on Monday. On Monday, um... Where I live, we got about 45 centimeters, or for those um, Americans listening, about 12 to 14 inches, Um, and that was in 12 hours. We had blizzard warnings and everything. Um, Some places in southern Ontario around me got up to 65 centimeters plus, and things were shut down for for days. Uh, The grocery stores are still missing food. Nothing was really plowed. Uh, In the morning, um, I spent 
almost two days shoveling out my snow shoveling customers. Um, I was getting phone calls and requests to go pick new people. Um, I know some of the people who I know who plow. Uh, they were plowing for days on end. Um, cleanup efforts are still happening around here. Um, there are people in the city, in Toronto, uh, they're still digging out, removing snow off the streets just because of how much snow we received. Uh, it, it was an astonishing amount of snow. It has to be probably one of the worst snow events that I have ever uh, seen in my lifetime. So definitely a really bad, really bad snow event. So when I said that we didn't have any snow, we have snow now. We have about 40, 40 centimeters and we followed up with another five on Tuesday and then we're supposed to get another five tomorrow. So the snow is here now and as I said there's always a dry spell in January a January thaw and then it, it comes the snow comes hard here in February February we get hit pretty decently with snow continuous lake effect normally coming about every week every other day sometimes there's a lot of snow here in February for those of you wondering so that was that however because it was blizzard conditions how does that affect the lawn so as i said last week um it's good to have snow coverage on your lawn because it keeps those whipping winter winds from burning your lawn but too much snow coverage can lead to snow <coughs> too much coverage can lead to snow molt so what we're looking at because of how much snow we received, I'm looking at a snow mold risk now, especially because it was blizzard conditions. So there was lots of drifting snow. Uh, we had some drifts that had to be at least three feet high. Um, at the shop that I work at, um, there were areas of the grass, there were areas of the lawn where the grass was completely uncovered so that, that 12 inches of snow had been blown somewhere else and it was significantly patches and those grass sections did look like they were decently wind burnt because of how cold the temperatures were here uh, we're still sitting in the minus teens minus 20 minus 25 celsius so it is cold here um colder than uh we've expected and it's definitely sitting it's staying for the significant future um, looking ahead at the weather here, um, we're seeing, you know, minus teens every single day and, you know, deep minus teens pretty much every single night. We're looking at a minus 32 on Tuesday night. We're looking at like a minus 20 pretty much every single night, minus 24 with, with the wind chill. So we're, we're still pretty cold here and uh, i think it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future but we did finally get that snow that i was hoping for uh we got about a month's worth of snow in in 12 hours but we did get that snow um following up the snow though uh we did have a bit of a midweek thaw on wednesday the temps rose to about three degrees and we thawed out a little bit so this was good and bad. Good because it allowed the snow removal operations to kind of pick up a little bit. Mother Nature gave them a little bit of hand. But at the same time, 
it caused a layer of ice to form underneath that snow that melted so for those of you who don't know snow mold forms when you have moisture in between snowfall so most of the time this happens when it's warm outside and you have a snow event that starts with rain and then slowly converts into snowfall this is normally a recipe for snow mold now we did not have rain at the front end of this event so that means that the snow mold should be low however that melting was forming near the bottom of a lot of the heavy snow banks we had so I'm exp and there is a th very thick layer of ice on top of the grass from that that freezing and thawing we had at the beginning of December and layers of ice on top of anything is not good because it normally has some sort of trapped moisture it's normally frozen near the top and not at the bottom now we're definitely frozen all the way through because of the temperatures we've had but I am worried about the, the the grass being able to breathe so the grass still needs to receive oxygen in the winter time and when the snow lies on top of the ground as long as there's not too much snow the grass can still receive oxygen through the snow the snow is not very heavily packed however when you put like a rink or when you get a lot of ice accretion on top of the snow especially on shortcut turf like greens that it stops the grass's ability to be able to breathe and that's when you start forming mold uh, on top of that surface because there's no oxygen being able to get and circulate through those air temperatures and that's when you start forming mold so i am worried about the ice that we got from that freezing thaw but i'll keep you guys updated it still is sitting quite cold but i'm worried once we get a thaw maybe end of february that we'll see some problems uh, as I said looking ahead cold and snow we're still sitting quite cold and I think we got at least another 20 centimeters coming for us within the next two weeks so this year's shaping up to be similar to last year where we had almost 36 inches of snowpack on top of the soil uh, before the end of before the big thaw in March and it's looking like that's what we're going to be getting again this year so that's pretty much the update uh, as I said I kind of put my foot in my mouth I was looking at the weather it was really cold but there wasn't really a lot of snow and everything which was good for my work because I do work outside but as soon as I said that next thing you know we get hit by a blizzard and uh, probably the worst snowfall event that uh, we have seen in this area in almost 20 years and I know a lot of you in the US got hit by it too so uh, I'm wishing anybody in the path of the storm uh, hopefully the cleanup efforts are it's everything seems to be mostly tidied up by now just a little bit left so yeah that's the update for this week snow 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 and as well as this even though we are uh, sitting with a lot of snow and it is damn cold, we are almost at the end of January. So for those of you who are in the transition zones, your lawns are going to be waking up imminently and pre-emergence is going to be something to think about for you guys. So I'm just bringing this up now because I know that uh, they're waking up soon and for those of you up north um, anybody in New York that kind of area 
New York, Washington, South Dakota, North Dakota, the Midwest section. Um, I know us Eastern folks will be waking up New York and Ontario and Quebec will be waking up probably near the end of February, beginning of March. Normally about mid-March is when we wake up where I live. And for those of you in the Midwest, you'll be waking up near the end of March. So, folks, we are not that far away. We have about a month left of winter and then we're going to be flying back straight into the lawn season very soon. So if you're looking for tips to help get your lawn better this year, check out my website, greatgreennorthlawncare.ca. Check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash greatgreennorthlawncare. And you can also check out and subscribe and comment to the podcast. We'll be giving you real-time weekly update tips about what's going on in the lawn. So without further ado, I think it's time to head into the next segment and uh, the question segment. And I think today we're going to be talking about questions involving pre-emergence. So without further ado, let's head in there. All right, so welcome to the question segment. Now, once again, this week we're going to be drawing the question from my YouTube comments from the 2021 lawn care season, as well as we're just going to be giving you some straight up tips when it comes to pre-emergence and planning for the spring. Now, I know this may be early for you guys uh, living up here in the north and don't worry, I will be preaching towards you guys about pre-emergence when it comes time here. But for the people in the south, your pre-emergent window is coming in very soon. Let me just actually check the Greencast tool. So for those of you who don't know, there is the Greencast tool that you can check online. And um, you can check soil temperature maps all across the U.S. Now, Unfortunately, there is not soil temperature maps in Canada, but if you check the Farmer's Almanac for your area, you can check your soil temperature record for the significant amount of time that they've collected. So normally they've collected it around about 100 years, so you can check your soil temperature records for that. So, like, I'm on the Greencast tool right now. I'm looking around. It looks like... Anybody, anybody down in Kansas, Oklahoma, sitting in the red. Um, we're looking here down at all my Midwestern transition zone U.S. states. Las Vegas, Phoenix, New Mexico, all the way really up into Wyoming, Montana, Nebraska. You guys are sitting decently warm enough that you might be able to um, uh, put down some pre-emergent. Let me just check Nebraska City. So yeah, ne Nebraska City, your temperatures are sitting around... So this is a soil moisture tester. I do not want soil moisture, soil temperature. So all the way up here into Kansas and Nebraska, 
uh, are over here at, in Nebraska City. Your temps are sitting around 30 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're a little cold, but um, that's, I would say, around the edge where you should be looking probably in the next couple weeks. You'll be heating up, but uh, Oklahoma City, for example, your temperatures are sitting around 52. You're ready to go for pre-emergence, and it looks like significantly in the season you guys are normally warmish around this time so anywhere where your soil temperatures are above 50 degrees you guys are ready to go for pre-emergence so looking at this map it looks like pretty much Oklahoma and south you guys are sitting decently warm definitely the folks in Florida well, Florida is a different that's warm season grass but for us here in the northern states um, we are not anywhere close uh, checking Niagara Falls soil temps have been sitting around 30 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for a while now so we're definitely still frozen up north into here so that's what to think about so when we're talking about pre-emergence in those areas what do we need to think about what do we need to apply so for pre-emergence you are going to be applying this. What is a pre-emergent? Let's talk about that first. So a pre-emergent is an application that you can apply in the spring that creates a chemical. It needs to be applied before the weeds germinate. So it's a pre-emergent before the weeds emerge from the soil. And what it does is it creates a chemical barrier on top of that soil that stops grass-like weeds from penetrating through that chemical barrier. So you don't need to use post-emergent herbicides, which would be, you know, your standard 2,4-D and uh, quinclorac, those types of, of, of post-emergent herbicides that you can use to treat uh, weeds after they've emerged. This is a pre-emergence, so you can treat the weed and prevent it from emerging in the first place. This is your first line of defense when it comes to weeds. And in the U.S., some pre-emergence to think about are you have your um, dithiopyr is a very popular one and I can't remember the other one it's slipping my brain right now or having a brain fart here um, uh, pre-emergent weed control I would like to make sure that I find this for you guys so you can hear about it anyways you guys can look it up for what's available in your specific area, but there are most of the time they are liquid pre-emergence. Um, another pre-emergent that is very popular, prodiamine. That's what I'm thinking of. Prodiamine is a very popular pre-emergent for northern states, as well as um, tenacity is all, can also be used as a pre and post-emergent at the time of seeding. So we're going to be talking about what to do in the spring, what to expect. So another thing about pre-emergence that I would like to preface with is pre-emergence do not tackle broad, broadleaf weeds. So when you're talking about your dandelions and you're talking about, you know, your, your thistles, these weeds will be a attacked 
by a pre-emergent, but only to a certain extent. Um, most of the time, if you have a significant dandelion issue, it will grow through your pre-emergent and uh, you will have to use some sort of post-emergent herbicide on that. But if you are looking at a crabgrass issue, a quackgrass issue, or any sort of grassy weed, pre-emergents will tackle a hard percentage of that if they are applied correctly and at the right time. So when do you need to apply your pre-emergent? Well, as I said before, as soon as your soil temps hit 50 degrees for a sustained period of time. So if you hit 50 degrees for about a week or two, you think that you're out of your winter, this is when it's time to apply your pre-emergent. Your pre-emergent must go down before the winter weeds begin to emerge and the spring weeds. Because if those weeds are already emerging, you are not going to be seeing any sort of help from your pre-emergent. Your pre-emergent can only stop what hasn't emerged at the time of application. So you want to put that application down as early as possible to make sure that you're stopping as many weeds as possible. However, a couple of years ago, there was a big swing in temperature even here. Uh, and the people put down their pre-emergence in May and then the temperature swung back the other way. Um, this does happen. Don't worry about it. If the temperature swings back for a couple days, it's not going to affect your application. But try to make sure that when you're putting down your application, you know, it's hard to predict the weather, but try to make sure when that application is going down, you're almost positive that your winter weather is over. So talking about pre-emergence, when should I use a pre-emergent? And this is where the question comes into effect. So I have a question on YouTube. It says, your guide was very helpful. Thanks so much for the content. I have a yard full of weeds. I went from 5% grass to 80% grass using your fall renovations. So we'll be talking about fall renovations. However, there are some creeping charlie and other weeds, such as crabgrass, still hanging around in my lawn. They will die off over the winter, but should I use a pre-emergent in the spring to stop them from coming back? Thanks for the advice on this. So, here's what I can tell you. This specific question is an application where applying a pre-emergent in the spring would be a good idea. This person has completed their fall renovation. They have strengthened their lawn to a point where they do not need to apply any sort of seeding or renovation pro project in the spring. So, pre-emergent is a best pre-emergent and fertilizer is the best program for this specific person to do in the spring. A prep, a, 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 uh, stopping the weeds from emerging first of all and then focusing on strengthening the lawns to help create a natural barrier for weeds heading into the summer these are two very great things to do in the spring and this is the program I recommend however I have another comment here thanks for the information about fall lawn tips should I apply a pre-emergent in the spring if I am planning an overseeding project now this is the, the an, as an, an answer where pre-emergent in the spring is not a good idea. So pre-emergents create a chemical barrier to stop plants from emerging on the soil. However, this also applies to new grasslings. Most pre-emergents cannot be used at the time of seeding because they will affect the amount of yield that you will get from your seed. 
So what we're looking at here is if you are in the spring planning some sort of renovation project, the only pre-emergent that you can use at the time of seeding is tenacity. And you have to make sure that you use the seeding rate. Um, but for those of us in Canada, I would not recommend using any sort of pre-emergent at the time of seeding. What you need to do is put down your seed, let your seed grow, let your lawn grow, fertilize it, water it very well. Obviously weeds are going to come in and there's going to be competition. Once your seed has been established for six to eight weeks, check your weed control about when you're allowed to apply on newly seeded lawns. You can hit it with a post-emergent herbicide and kill out those weeds and then in the following months you can strengthen the lawn with fertilizer and the next spring or the following time that you're heading into you can apply your pre-emergent so when we're talking about spring pre-emergence it's very important to think about what is your spring plan if you have plans of seeding areas in your lawn this spring that were thinnish in the fall spring pre-emergence is not a great idea however if you have plans not to seed in the spring you're just focusing on fertilizer and strengthening the lawn naturally without adding any new seeds a pre-emergent is a good idea so think about your spring plan now here's my recommendations if you are lost on where to go for your spring plan I like to always recommend that fall is the beginning of the lawn season. Fall is the time where if you're going to do any sort of renovation, that is the best time to do it. Fall is the time where temperatures stay cool for long, for a long period of time. We can sit in about the 10 degree temperature for normally a majority of the month of October. There's lots of moisture in the fall. The leaves help act as a blanket sometimes on hills to hold your seed in. The fall is de most definitely the best time to do any sort of seeding project on your lawn, not the spring. However, if you feel that there's a couple sections in your lawn that you would like to strengthen in the spring, you can still do spring seeding. And I have a couple of areas in my lawn that I am planning on doing a spring seeding this year. However, think about this. Spring seeding, you are playing, you're rolling the dice, you're gambling with your weather. Some springs, we actually get a spring. Some springs, like last year, it's May 30th, we're minus 10 and snowing. So there is definitely a roller coaster in the spring, some years, and some years we don't even get a spring. We just hop straight from winter into summer. So doing any sort of seeding project in the spring is always very very risky so what I would personally recommend is that you stay away from seeding in the spring focused on your pre-emergent plan you're gonna be applying your pre-emergent when soil temps hit 50 degrees you'll be applying your fertilizer two or three weeks after you'll be fertilizing all the way up until the beginning of summer help giving your lawn that extra boost to get through the summer you'll make it through the summer your lawn will normally be limping along near the end of August and that's when you will do your fall renovation and you will help strengthen your lawn in general um, you can get your lawn from about five six seven percent grass to almost eighty percent grass in just one sort of renovation and then fertilizer 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 into the winter and then repeat so pre-emergence I always suggest to apply in the spring for those of you who already have a very healthy and strengthened lawn, you can apply your pre-emergent in the spring and fall if you feel like that is the best thing to do. And I know some people, too, who have very healthy lawns, 
uh, don't even bother with pre-emergent anymore because they really don't need it. And that's another thing to think about too. There's a lot of people telling you to go sling chems on your lawn. Put this down, put this down, put this down. Sometimes think about it in your head if it's really necessary because the chems only only work to a certain extent and especially with pre-emergent if you keep using the same pre-emergent year after year after year it is proven that the pre-emergents don't become as effective the more times they are applied so you need to think in your head is this necessary are there enough weeds that i still need to apply a pre-emergent or will have i gotten rid of the weeds that my lawn will be able to fight off the weeds that do come in and if there are any weeds small broadleaf or anything i can go and kill it with a post-emergent herbicide that is the best thing to think about in your head obviously there are different scenarios for each and you have to assess your own lawn but these are the best things to think throwing down chems all the time is not always the best option and i do like to reinforce that because i know that there's a lot of people always preaching to throw down chems and i know some people are have differing opinions on chems you can do everything without chems so that's pre-emergent for my american friends now let's talk about pre-emergent for my Canadian friends. So up here in Canada, we do not have access to chems. However, there is one pre-emergent product that we can apply and it is corn meal gluten. So for those of you who don't understand the farming process, uh, most of you know that you cannot plant a crop of, a crop of corn into a previous crop of corn without doing some sort of mechanical tillage or turning in the soil and that's because when you harvest corn you create this corn meal this this byproduct of harvesting the stock of corn and the combine spreads that over the field and it actually creates a chemical barrier for germination so that is why you have to do some sort of mechanical tillage to cut through that barrier to allow well it's not a chemical barrier it's a natural barrier for germination that's why you have to cut through and do some tillage to break up that barrier when you want to plant back in to the same field the following year so up here in Canada we can get the corn gluten and apply it on our lawns similar idea creating that natural barrier to stop weeds from coming in and I can tell you it does work I have applied corn gluten on my backyard a couple years in a row and I do notice a difference when I do apply it and I don't apply it because I've been on and off with applications some years I do it some years I don't depends on if I can get it because it does seem to be difficult to find sometimes however the application of this product because it is a natural product is very heavy so I think it's close to 15 pounds Per thousand square feet so that is something to think about when you're going to be doing it if you're in a small lawn it's very feasible for you but if you're looking at a bigger lawn it's going to be something more difficult so for those of my folks in Canada think about the same thing am I seeding in the spring I would recommend not to but if I have small areas to seed in the spring don't do a pre-emergent if I'm not seeding in the spring and I'm waiting to the fall pre-emergent and fertilizer get that corn gluten throw it down when my soil temps hit 50 degrees fertilize two to three weeks after and then you're off to the races. So without further ado, I hope I answered a good amount of questions on pre-emergence. I know that I was rambling a little bit there, but I hope I answered a decent amount on pre-emergence. Um, this is not the first time we'll be talking about pre-emergence. We'll have lots more to talk about as the lawn season continues all the way 
until everybody's awake come end of March. So without further ado, it's time to head into the next segment, and that is successes and failures with pre-emergent. All right, welcome to the final segment of the show, and this is successes and failures. This is the part of the show where I like to talk about successes and failures I've had in my own lawn. Because I am an extreme hobbyist, I do know a lot about lawn care, and I give a lot of recommendations to other people, but I know that a lot of what comes down to lawn care is fear. There's a lot of people who are scared to do fertilizer or take things into their own hands because they are scared of what will happen if they mess it up. So in this segment of the show, Successes and Failures, I like to help talk about the successes and failures I've had in my own lawn to hopefully help encourage people to not be scared about doing things because in the end if you mess up everybody makes mistakes if you mess up all you got to do is wait a couple weeks for whatever to get washed out of the soil and you can try again so this week we're talking about pre-emergent so um, successes and failures um, I talked about seeding in the spring and a couple of years ago well, more than a couple of years ago when I first got into lawn care this has to be like um, what's it, uh, it's got to be like five or six years ago at least <laughs> even longer than that I think six um, our lawn was decently patchy in the spring because we got hit by one of those like super hot summers the year before and I was really getting into lawn care that year, but I hadn't really read a lot about fall renovations and stuff like that. So I was one of those people who was like, let's just get some seed on there. Let's try to get some lawn growing. And I had read about the temperature that was needed to grow seed. So it had a between between 8 and 20 degrees Celsius. However, I had not really read a lot about when to apply, watering, and everything to do with that. So my plan was I was going to apply seed over my entire backyard um, in the spring. So at that time we were building our deck. So one day when we were building our deck, soil temperatures looked like they were holding. So we decided to put down seed. So we went and we put down the seed over the rest of the backyard. And it was also Scott's seed. It wasn't a high quality turf seed. And that day it was warm enough but then all of a sudden temps dropped for weeks and i mean i was sitting inside being like oh my god i just wasted all the seed it was like weeks and weeks of freezing cold temperatures like that we were in a warm spell for like a month and then all of a sudden as soon as we put the seed down the temperature just decided nope and dropped like almost five degrees for weeks and weeks and it was freezing cold and then finally it recovered and when it did recover there was germination from the seed that we put down but the germination was nowhere near what it should have been and then that same year uh we did the first fall renovation and it made a significant difference so this is something to think about is that you need i needed to manage my expectations in the spring i was expecting amazing results from the spring application that i was going to be doing and it didn't happen and the reason why it didn't happen was it was my fault i shouldn't have applied seed in the spring and this is this is the what happens in the spring uh the, the weather can change so quickly and uh, make everything super unpredictable and before you know it it's absolutely freezing cold 
and you just lost your entire window for seed and everything like that so this is what I like to encourage uh, in the spring is that you need to make sure that when you're putting your seed down you're thinking these things through you're managing your expectations spring is not the best time to do any sort of grass growing seed growing project however it is better than the summer so manage your expectations and know that when you're putting down your seed things can change very quickly and there's not much you can do so that was my failure in the spring was i didn't listen to my gut and i didn't listen to the weather and i ended up wasting that seed but seed is cheap throw it down we did the fall renovation that spring and uh or that fall and uh, everything went fine lawn recovered everything was good there was no major issues um success talking about fall renovation ever since i have done a fall renovation i've used the corn gluten product as a pre-emergent uh intermittently year after year and whenever i've used that product i've had great success so that is my success is the corn gluten does work um, ever since I've discovered that product I've been very happy with the way that it goes so the corn gluten does work think about it if you're gonna do it in your lawn it is a successful product and uh, yeah it has given me great success another thing to think about with pre-emergence is as I said there's no need to actually have to sling chems don't ever think that you have to throw down chems most springs what I do is I go out there every weekend and I pull all the dandelions by hand before I cut the grass so that is something to think about that you can do as well there is no need to put some sort of herbicide on it unless it is a significant problem you can always get out there and pull it by hand it is manageable so without farther ado that is it for episode number three of the great green north podcast so thank you guys all for listening i know this was a bit of a longer episode but i'm very happy that uh i was able to to get back into recording these um i really enjoy doing these so for those of you who are new please subscribe and skip rate us five stars on itunes share this show with your friends and family anybody who's interested in getting a great lawn i would really appreciate people sharing the show um it helps me and it helps everybody as we're gonna make uh, a world of everybody having great lawns and you won't have to have dandelion farms living beside you anymore and for those of you who are looking for to support the show, please, you can go to anchor.com and you can support the podcast by paying a small price of $5 a month to get episodes a week early and to get bonus episodes every month. So please, if you're in a financial situation to do so, support the show. Um, it really helps make the show. Uh, we put a lot of work into the show every week. So you supporting the show helps make the show so much better. And from the Great Green North, my name's Wade Murray. Thank you guys for listening. Um, hope you guys are staying snow-free and warm wherever you are. And uh, we'll talk at you next week with more lawn tips. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
The Great Green North podcast is written and hosted by Wade Murray. Great Green North can be found on YouTube at Great Green North Lawn Care. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and we would encourage you guys to hit subscribe on all any podcast platform that you're on right now. We'll be coming at you every week with weekly episodes of the Great Green North podcast you guys can also subscribe on anchor for bonus episodes as well as getting episodes one week early for the very low price of five dollars a month and as always thank you guys for listening and thank you for keeping it green